ladies and gentlemen as promised we are back live in studio i miss these two guys ugly mugs to my i guess that would be my left it's the people's choice don rodriguez what's up what's up peeps to his immediate left it's the man that's no other none other than one of the greatest storytellers of wrestling historian and somebody i'm probably gonna get into it with tonight the Nubian Sumo, James. Greetings and salutations, peoples. I mean, damn, you took a, a hell of a, 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 a pull on that one, man. What you smoking and drinking on tonight? Well, tonight the Nubian Sumo is powered by the Oliva Series V Monticello. Which I had to pull out of a one year sleep. I like that. And then we're also partaking of the Kentucky Vintage, which, if you remember, the pure Kentucky bottle that I had, mm-hmm. it's made by the same company, bottled by the same company, Will It? And is a very tasty ninety proof. Okay, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be easy on the palate, I guess, because you 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 don't have a problem putting uh your your flavors together with your 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 your, your, your bourbon and 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 your sticks. Oh no, these two go together pretty well. So yeah, they they pair they pair very well together. So yeah, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a good night tonight. Okay, because we're gonna get into some things before we do. Raj Thompson is joining us on YouTube. What up, what up? Good evening, good sir. We also joined by the Midnight Rider. Then he said, Is he using a flamethrower th- to light the cigar? I, I think so. That's what Sumo Well, it's, it's turned up pretty high. Yeah, I just filled it. Mm. Mm. Weapon of choice. Uh, I'm going to get you some wooden matches. Seal the flavor in a little better. <laughs> well, I, got, I got some wooden matches. I got cedar, too, but I like I like to use my lighter. Oh, man. Damn, cedar matches? Does that affect the flavor? My opinion. Your opinion. My opinion. The only reason people like to use matches and cedar is because they like the taste of, they like the smell of the burning of the cedar and the matches afterwards. It, 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 it gives you a nice, it gives you a nice way to light your cigar and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's real safe on the, on the stick, you know, and it's initially lighting it, but, you know, I like the butane. It's quick. It's easy. It's fine. It does nothing to the does nothing to, to the effect the effect to affect the taste of the cigar. Whereas the cedar is just like having icing on your cake. You mm. get the smell of the cedar along with the burning of, with the actual way you burn. It's impressive to people. I don't need to impress anybody. I just want to smoke my cigar. I get it. I get it. Thanks, Pimp Juice. My opinion. <laughs> Strictly my opinion. 
you're entitled to that. I mean, you just teaching me, dude. I'm just asking questions because I'm just trying to learn. I don't smoke, right. so I just think it's interesting to hear about, but I'll let y'all, or at least assume I'll have his moment in the sun because it's time for y'all to get into uh, some interesting conversation. I may be but, before, but, but before we do, what? What? There is something currently going on right now that you know I want to get into. I, well, yeah, right I, now, I was going to do impact. We're going to feed that in. Not, oh, okay. Not well, you, well I'll, I'll let you. Have, I'll let you run not, your show. The MFS case. Not yet, because we, you know, we making a little, uh, a little audible in the story here. Okay. But I really want to get this out because I've been uh, waiting and waiting and waiting to hear about this debate or this conversation that was had a little bit more detail into the thought process of like it, hate it, love it, don't care for it, inaccuracies, whatever. And uh, KG's new segment, we like to call How It Really Happened. So the conversation is about uh, the Young Rock television show and how KG is thoroughly infatuated and marking out to this. But Sumo doesn't really care for the inaccuracies and oh man well they, they're just not following history for lack of a better term i don't know what better way to word it so we got point counterpoint here i guess i'll be uh the neutral party to see which way i could be swayed because it's kind of interesting i haven't watched the show at all so not even a a, a, a percentage of i'm the surprised show, you. the the commercial that has popped up but you guys have taken a little bit more of an interest in the last episode that uh, actually had uh, Roman Reigns, a young Roman Reigns in it. And they were kind of alluding to down the road, the one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania between Roman and Dwayne Johnson or Dewey as uh, he was called in that episode. So KG, you go ahead and frame uh, your, your opinion. And then uh, we'll see what uh, the sumo thinks about it. Uh, thank you. Um, number one, I'm surprised at you, Don Rodriguez, that you have not watched this show. I thought of all people, you would be joining me in watching this. I've been hooked since season one. We're in season two now. Um, it, it's a it's a pretty good show. It's lighthearted. It's funny. It may be telling a little bit of the future where Dwayne Johnson actually runs for president. I mean. I actually hope Jesse the Body Ventura ran for president in what was that? He was supposed to run in 2004. Nope, he was supposed to run in 2008, and he didn't give me that. But uh, maybe Dwayne Johnson put a wrestler in the White House. But anyway, in that episode, little Joe jumps up on Dewey's shoulders and says, Someone drop me. And then he says, Acknowledge me. Even my wife got a kick out of that. And you Fraud know, placement. exactly. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. It was a it was a good mark out moment. Now, did it really happen? Maybe not like that. Just like uh, James and I were going back and forth in the group chat about uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and uh, Rocky Johnson wrestling each other. Uh, in in um, oh man, and with Jerry Lawler in Tennessee, and you know Lawler being on color commentary and. Uh, downtown Bruno for your, those of you that are uh, too young, Harvey Whippleman um, being the character that he is on the show. It's a, 
I told James, I said, okay, it may be some inaccuracies, but that's what you have to expect with shows and movies like this. You have to expect inaccuracies that everything's not going to be 100% truth because you have to tell the story without losing the viewer. Right. James doesn't like that. I myself, I'm like, okay, you know, you got to go do a little research, but you can't take it for fact. I just love it that the storytelling part of it. But I would think that if downtown Bruno had a problem with his portrayal on his show, I think he would have said something. But I'm just like, you know, he said, uh, James said, uh, Cornette has something to say on his podcast about it. But I'm like, what are you getting your, fe- your feathers ruffled up for? Like, it's a show. Chill, bro. Sumo, that, that, that's his framework for his argument on uh, how to watch Young Rock being just enjoyed as a, a television experience, as a fan of just The Rock and some interactions or uh, pulling a curtain back, as they would like to say. So what's your, uh, what's your two and a half cents on this? Yes, it is a show. Yes, they're going to have creative license and move some things around. Cornette's issue with the show pretty much was, like you said, the inaccuracies of the history of the show, which I tend to agree to in a sense. Again, I don't mind creative license. You know, you're going to do no no story unless it's an actual documentary is going to go into the intricacies and the exact things that happened and like you said it's they're going to change the story around for you know entertainment value but they changed it too much for me i mean and not that i've seen this show i haven't watched this show at all but just from what i have been hearing from about it and from people talking about it and from the little like like Don, the commercials that I've seen of it, it's nothing that I'd be interested in because I'd be sitting there scrutinizing the whole thing from front to back. I mean, you know, the uh, the, the okay, like you were talking about downtown Bruno. Downtown Bruno's not gonna say anything because A, he probably that's probably why he got that truck so he can keep his mouth shut. B, he's probably getting a check from it or some type of royalty from it because they are using his likeness. So he ain't going to save us so much. B, or C rather, kayfabe. There's people who still believe in kayfabe. So if they want to skew the story as they feel like they want to, I mean, hey, you know, whatever. They're not going to get the, the real story. So as far as a wrestler's concerned, it's keeping up kayfabe. So go ahead and do what you do. All right, so KG, what a historically accurate wrestling television show, AKA, I guess, depending on how historically accurate you get, because you, know, you could go on one extreme being a documentary or another extreme being a PBS interview special with some flashbacks be entertaining to you or would you rather them take some uh hollywood style creative liberties to fill in the blanks on you know some of the story to make it a little bit more 
entertaining. I could take it either way because the truth is, no matter what happens on the show, I want to know what happened for real. We have one of the most vast internet engines in Google where you can find anything out that, that has happened. One of my favorite movies is Friday Night Lights. The movie differs from the book, which also differs from what really happened. So you got to go do research. You got to read the book, watch the, watch the movie, find out what was changed around and things like that. And then you'll find out the real story. Same thing with Young Rock. You go and you start finding things out and you start looking and piecing things together. That's the fun part for me. When it's inaccurate and you, you know, it's something that just don't seem right. And you go research and you're like, oh, yeah, it did happen like that. I'm fine with that. Because a lot of times when you have documentaries and dark sides of the ring and things like that, they have inaccuracies too. So, James, would you prefer if it was done in the style of Table for Three, where you had The Rock and, you know, whoever else, you know, uh, would have been part of that storyline that they could actually have that's alive that could be there. And they're having a discussion at a round table, but then you have you could do it live, you know, with actors, or you could do it in a cartoon format or something. Um, have that little segment illustrate the story that way. So you're still getting the, I guess, for all intents and purposes, the historical conversation, but you get the Hollywoodness of it for it to be an entertaining television show. Would you watch that? Okay. So the difference between a show like Young Rock, which is supposed to be a depiction of his life, whereas you have a show like Heels. <clears throat> and I don't know if anybody watched the show Heels with uh, Stephen Amell, the guy who played Green uh, Arrow. Huh? <laughs> Wait for him to have a true heel. Like a lot of people, you know, they're fan favorites, and yeah, they were bad guys at some point, but they don't have, like, you know, uh, Corbin. Uh, Happy Corbin, Baron Corbin, or Triple H. No, 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 but, well, uh, you, you might as well stop now because it's not going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> plus I've already seen, plus Peacock has all eight of them on there, and you know, I've uh, already seen them all. And whatever. Going back. Oh, the bully race. Terrible. The bully race. Terrible. Anyway, if it was a show like, if it was a show like Stephen Amell's Heels, where, you know, it was a, fictional type thing, then fine. You know, you can have all the creative license that you want. But if you're going to base this off of something that's gonna, that's actually true, I would expect as much creative license as they are they're giving in this. They're mixing up stories. Okay? Right. 
I mean, and and um, and they're mixing up stories for the benefit of the creative part or the entertainment part of it, but it's unnecessary. There's no reason to put Jerry the King Lawler behind the microphone when he wasn't behind the microphone in Memphis. He didn't make the microphone until he got the WWE. Right. Did they do that because he did it in WWE and people could relate to it? Probably so. But it's not what actually happened. See, you're taking away, you take by putting in this guy in, in, in Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis as an announcer, you're taking away Lance Russell. How are you right. going to take away one of the greatest voices in wrestling history just because he rock thinks somebody might not know who he is? Just to put in somebody like Jerry the King Law. Right. For a television. Now, the character that they make, that they get, the guy that plays downtown Bruno looks nothing like downtown Bruno. This guy that's playing downtown Bruno is cut to shreds and got 70 pounds on Bruno even at that point. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, not, I mean, look, okay, so you look at um, Man of the Moon, right. the movie Man of the Moon about Andy Kaufman. That movie was probably as true to life as you could get. That's true method acting from uh, Jim. There was not. There was not too many. There weren't too many inaccuracies or change or creative license changes in that movie at all. I mean, down to the David Letterman set, you know, down to the uh, the uh, the other character that he played uh, the, the, with the tuxedo and everything. I forget his name right now, but uh, the whole yeah, the whole the whole thing. I mean, it was about as true to life as you could get. Mm -hmm. I mean, even down to, and, and see, and I'm, ashamed, and I'm ashamed to say this, even though I just mentioned his name. Thank you. I uh, just, I just recently, in the past two weeks, realized that Jim Ross was actually playing Lance Russell in the movie because I always messed with, I always, I always have him saying, and it's a pile driver, like he was having a stroke or something. But that's how Lance Russell actually said it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, okay, I'm ashamed of myself on that one. But, you know, I, I take the hit on that one. But, yeah, I mean, there's ways to do it. And I know that there's a show like this, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to cut this thing up with a damn machete. Because I'm, I'm gonna be like, no, that didn't happen. No, he wasn't there. No, that this they didn't use that a power driver like that. They used the regular power driver. No, I'm, I'm gonna cut it up too much. So rather, and I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it. So I just choose not to watch it. Thankfully, you are not a Star Wars fan because technically, you sound like one of those hardcore fans that. Would watch uh, the the uh, episode one, two, and three, and just go nuts, uh, cutting it apart. And then um, Roger Skywalker, you just say it was a crapshoot. So thankfully that. But I do have one more question, and this is for KG. Just you know, because I have to. Since you like Young Rock, would you be open to watching a show 
called What Happened at One Time in the Sports Arena, where it's going to be a loosely, um, you know, told story, very whimsical, but it's 100% factual about that time. Stop! 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 <laughs> in the sports arena. No, just, just, on to the next subject. No, that was not your Next point. subject. Move, change, change the subject, KG. Change the subject. Change the subject. Change the subject. I didn't ask you. Change the subject. I didn't ask you. Well, okay. I'm asking, oh, oh, oh. I'm asking the, the big guy, KG, if he would watch that show. Oh, 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 I'm, not, I'm just saying, and, and uh, you know, hypotheticals. Well, well hold, hold on. Hold on. Because, uh, Perry has something to say. Creative license. I agree with that. You'll probably take some creative license. Say that maybe um, some fireworks and pyro when I slam them. It's uh, it's entertainment. Look at the fuss over winning time. A bit inaccurate, according to real life players, but still a dope show, which it is. It is a very very dope show. Um, myself and Dario, I think Big Jim watching too. I I got to um check in with him, but uh, we're watching that faithfully every Sunday. I even have that on the DVR. Very good show. Um, and the character you referenced, James, Bob Zamundo. Yes, Zamundo. Zamuda. 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 Yelling at yeah. him for getting inaccurate. And uh, <laughs> I know we got we gonna get into this. I want to save these neck these uh, other two comments for when we get into it because I know that's coming. So I, I ain't forgot about that. But um, I I I'd like to see that. I because I, I would like to sit there with James so James can say, you know what, that never happened. Well, he's saying that now, but I'm just saying if Hollywood wanted to pick up that story, I could probably stretch that out for about 12 seasons. Wow. Okie dokie. Build up to it. Throwing the Michael James parties, all that stuff. And then one day he just had to look at me and say, I bet you can't. Okay. And the rest was Hogan and uh, Andre the Giant history. Oh, speaking of Andre the Giant, the depiction of Andre the Giant, and I see James, you ain't watched it, but. The amount of stories that The Rock has about Andre the Giant and him taking him fishing and just dropping, you know, life knowledge on him. Just knowledge That's true to a point. That's true to a point. Okay. Andre, Andre the Giant was a, a very vis, uh, integral part of The Rock's life in um, his early years, uh, especially when, especially during the time when. Rocky Johnson was in the WWE, and he, and even in even in Memphis, you know, because uh, in his early years, in, 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 in Andre's early years, he was going around from territory to territory. He didn't spend no any more than a month in each territory because he was the attraction already. So to have him stay in one place too long, you know, would have would have worn him out. So you know, he'd stay for a while and leave, go to the next place and whatnot. So yeah. They traveled around to different places all the time. So, yeah, uh, the Rock had D- – Dwayne Johnson had a lot of influence from a lot of those guys that I know that are in that show. But yeah, notice uh, that a lot of those characters that are in the show are WWE-related. Yeah, uh, Macho Man, the Iron Sheet. And him and the Iron Sheet, as when, uh, him as the young kid, the Iron Sheet boy, Oh my God, that relationship! And everybody said, "Well, he stole Jabroni from the Iron Sheik." But I mean, if you grew up around the Iron Sheik, that's your guy. Of course he did. Yes, and he and he's given because 
and he has to make that known because he even said it himself. He says, a lot of people think I came up with jabroni. No. The Iron Sheik was saying jabroni back in the 70s. Well, if that's the case, then that's where he got it from. I can't wait for the Ron Simmons episode for pretty much all the rest of the Rocks gimmick coming from Ron Simmons, which is already, you know, public been said and stuff. And, you know, even the Rock has said it. Uh, everybody knows, you know, Ron laid down some knowledge and said some things, and uh, Dwayne took it and said, I'm going to go ahead and try that out. But, I mean, you know, Ron said he didn't care. You know, he, he wasn't just saying and trying to, you know, get a paycheck out of it. He was trying to bestow some knowledge, and, you know, Ron Simmons is Ron Simmons, made man. Yeah. Look, heavily respect. Jim, Jim Cornette, and I, and, I get a, and I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast a lot, as you all know. I yep. get a lot of things from Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has this one saying that I use a lot. He says, when you steal from one person, it's plagiarism. When you steal from many people, it's research. Okay? So you got people who steal from people all the time. Ric Flair says he gets a lot of his early gimmicks, early horseman gimmicks, from Arn Anderson. Yeah. What's causing all this? That's Arn. That's not Rick. <laughs> So, you know, it, 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 he, gets, he gets a lot of his stuff from Ron Anderson. So, I mean, everybody steals from everybody and just makes it their own. Yep, so, yeah, the rock, the rock took Jabroni uh, from, uh, from, uh, from Iron Sheik, and he, took a, and he took a whole bunch of his own gimmick from Ron Simmons, and I'm sure he stole it from a whole bunch of other people. I wish he would have stolen the proper – move the proper way to put on a sharpshooter from Bret Hart. Let's not even talk about that because we're going to have that super conversation about uh, KG's boy, uh, John Cena, forgetting how to do a step over to the crossface. Wait, I mean, why so he got Every time Magnum TA saw that, he just wanted to go smack somebody. Will Smith why he got to be my boy, though? But anyway, anyway. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't be like my boy. And well, and that is your boy. Every time somebody's coming back, oh, it's John Cena. But let me, let me ask you this, and then we can move on. Um, I've always known that, well, I've always been told that Pat Patterson was a really, really integral part of Dwayne Johnson coming into the WWF at the time and, uh, training him properly along with his dad, uh, soul man, Rocky Johnson. Um, but I've always been told that Pat Patterson had a huge hand in that. And in the show, it's like Pat Patterson came to see him work out and was like, yeah, I'm unimpressed and walked out. And then you know he can't. He wound up calling him again later for a tryout. But it's like, was Pat Patterson that big of a part, well, or are we talking Pedro Morales versus Pat Patterson type of part? They could be taking those liberties in time. So you know, yeah, because it's been documented that they had scouted the Rock and they didn't see anything a couple times. It took them uh, a bit to actually get on a true radar to where they were going to call him up. So they could be playing with the time period of that, you know, putting it a little forward earlier. And then eventually, I'm assuming if they're going to go that way, then you'll have that Pat Patterson moment where it's time to go ahead and bring this kid up. Yeah, that Flex Kavana um, period he had went a good while. I mean, and like you said, with the creative license, they could be just kind of putting it in a whole pattern until – they get to the point where further down the line, maybe next season, they decide they want to have Pat Patterson give him the tap and bring him up and bring him in. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, he, he struggled during that Flex Kavana period that he was in. So, you know, so, I mean, you know, he struggled. Like, like um, I did see one clip where he was asking his father about uh, getting into the wrestling business and his father, and he was in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and he was in the, and he walked, he walked up to his father was saying he wanted to get into the business and his father told him he wouldn't train him. I did see a clip on that. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much true to form. That's 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 pretty much true because he he didn't want he didn't want him in the business. A lot of wrestlers don't want their kids in the business because they know what the the toll is. Yeah. They don't want them getting into that. So yeah. I mean, that, that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much a shoot on that. Would you say um before we're about to transition over, folks? We can actually talk about Young Rock for thirty minutes. God dang, we didn't even get paid for it. But um, uh, would you say uh, Sumo that it, that's they they have the desire for their kids to do something else, or is that guilt because they know that once they get the bug, they're gonna uh, repeat the same cycle and sacrifice family for the career? It's a little of both, you know. You get, I mean, you get you get a guy you get a guy like Ric Flair. He gave up his whole family and, and time with his family and whatnot because he wanted to be the best in the business. Did he want David Flair in? No. Did he want Charlotte? Did he want um, Ashley in? Not really. She didn't want to be in. The only reason she's in is because her brother, had, God rest his soul, died wanting to be in, and she got in because he right. He wanted he wanted Reed to be in because he saw potential in Reed, and he knew Reed would had an interest. That was the clone right there. Reed Reed. Reed was a pretty good wrestler. Reed was a good Reed, Reed was an amateur wrestler and was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Cody. Cody was a great Segway. wrestler in the state of Georgia. Segway. So yeah, exactly. That's what you, you like how I did that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I like what that it, yeah, exactly. So I mean Cody was a great amateur wrestler in the state of Georgia, whether people know it or not. You know? So yeah, I mean that, and that's for a shoot. So I mean, you get a, you get a, you get a lot of these wrestlers who see potential in their children when they are athletic, when they are in wrestling, or, uh, or when they're in amateur wrestling, or if they really show a serious interest in it, and they just want to make sure that they're taken care of. So they start building them up as they get as in a younger age before they put them in tra- in serious training. But then you also have those who. Quick question: When you put uh, uh, Dustin on his ass on the football field, was he thinking about wrestling? In actually, Dustin had an independent belt when I did that. Really? He was the CC. He was the CCW Junior Heavyweight Champion when that happened. Wow! I don't know why Dustin didn't say, "Come work with me, son. Come work with me, if you will." Oh, I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. I, I stood. I stood up in that bus. I was like, "Here I am, Dustin." Yeah, I am big What you hey, tell me something? <laughs> oh man, I remember he, James telling me that. At seven, at seventeen, at seventeen years like, old, I'd have been down. Yeah, at seventeen years old, I'd have been down. Now, when New Jack brought hit me up in uh, South Decatur Mall, 
at 35, I was like, nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> A lot of those bump opportunities have passed me by. Oh, yes, sir. No bumps for you keep for your boy here. Uh-huh. I hear that. So uh, you segued into it. Cody, it's been a while, so let's just talk about it real quick. Give uh, uh, the, the devil his due, so to speak. Cody Rhodes is uh, back in full swing in the WWE, as we know. But the big thing, and my question to you guys, is it too soon for him to be the number two face pretty much in a company at this point. Let, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, they were saying on Raw, uh, but, you know, well, the number one, I'm sorry, no, the number one on Raw, number two in a company. That's that's a that's a big weight to walk back into. Is it um too soon because, or are they just riding the fact of, of this AEW coattails and just letting them go with it? I mean, you guys, you know, tell me what you think. Number two, compared to how many people they have on the roster and the potential there, you know, is there somebody else that could be beating him out for that spot? Or did he just say the hell with everybody and that's going to cause issues in the locker room? Why are you saying number two? Who's number one, in your opinion? Seth Rollins. You call him Seth Rollins a face? You call him Seth Rollins? You call him Seth Rollins a face and he's going up against Cody? Uh, yeah. In my opinion, uh, I would I would call him more of a face because uh, I mean you know, six months, seven months from now, we'll see how the Cody train is running. But you know, Seth Rollins is in that stone cold category at this moment, uh, in my opinion. Where could he do a little heelish things? Yeah, but is he that that you know, for lack of a better term, ice cold uh, uh, superstar that you know he could go either way? Fans pop for him and cheers. And could he make him boo? Yeah, but, you know, I would give him the number one because I don't see – I mean, we know Roman's the number one heel. That that That's a lot, period, in the company. I'd say close number two to that would probably be um, maybe Corbin just because people hate him so much. But Drew McIntyre, I think people are over him. Uh, Bobby Lashley, they kind of left him up there. AJ Styles is just running in the middle. Uh, Randy Orton is Randy Orton. He's, you know, go either way. Uh, we got uh, uh, RK, uh, uh, bro, uh, what's his name? Riddle. Uh, Rat Riddle. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wouldn't put him at number one. I mean, you're running out of people. So you may, so in deep by default, you're making Cody number one. Well, I'm just saying that the reporting had him as number two, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put number one on him. That's a lot of stress. But I mean, you know, you tell me. Who See, I don't put him. Anymore. I don't put him. I don't put him anywhere. I don't put him anywhere. I mean, he just he just walked in. He's gonna put. He's gonna end up putting himself in a position at some point. I don't think he's. I don't think he's number one, number two, whatever. He's just pretty much trying to establish himself. Because I mean, he's he started this thing with Seth Rollins, but it's other than the one match. They're talking about having another match, but it's really not going anywhere. Yeah. Who else is he dealing with? I mean, and with Brock leaving, who could have been the number one face, um, based off of how – I know you don't even like it, KG. But, I mean, people are marking out for him. I like Cowboy Brock. So, I mean, it is what it is, but he's gone. 
I mean, you guys tell me who on the roster is, is super face of faces. John Cena. Yes, you're right. We're uh, talking uh, about coming back. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not even joking back. with that. I'm dead serious. John Cena. You can't tell me you take John Cena as a heel serious. I would if done. They had what? Maybe three or four opportunities. There was, there was a time when I would have. I wouldn't. When he was with the Nexus, I could have took him serious as the leader of the Nexus. But even then, it was so reluctant. And he was so used to being the superhero, the good guy. I can't take that serious. With the wide family. Remember though, remember though, remember though, he came in the WWE. He, 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 Doctor Thugonomics was a heel. Really, I, didn't, I never considered him a heel. I, well, I considered he him a was a heel. He, he was, was a heel before he was Max Caster. Right, before he was Max a Caster. heel. You know, he was more he was a heel when he was Doctor Thugger. That whole Doctor Thugonomics thing, he was a heel, and it wasn't until. They they came up to the point and it was like okay he came up to Vince because they talked about it in one of the documentaries that they did on him. He's like you know he came to Vince was like look I'm not rapping anymore. I need to switch up because the rapid the rapid thing had gotten over. Right. They was only hating on him because you got to think about it at the time we were dealing with the thugonomics we were in the height of hip hop and rap you know from Wu Tang's and. You know, Pac and and wait, know, time out, time out, time out, time out. When he was doing it, that was like two thousand three, two thousand four. Dog, the rap game had started to die off. What revived it? J Cole and Kendrick Lamar. They had to die. It didn't die off that much. It Come died on. off Come once. On. Actually, actually, it did. It actually, died off. Right, it we 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 went from look, we look, went look, from look, most deaf and Tali Kwali to in the early in the early. Think about. Think about who was in the who was who think about who was at the top of the rap game in the two thousands. Jay Z. No, 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 not even Jay Z. I ain't even think about Jay Z. I'm talking about top of the game. Who was top of the game in the two thousands back 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 in those days? You said what? Bust around. Nelly. Nelly. Yeah. Nelly. Yeah. Ja Rule. All them singing yeah. rappers. Yeah. And but also you had cash money, you had no limit, you had the guys in there for you know for street folks. There was still a lot going on. <laughs> and yeah, yeah and Perry, you right. 50 wound up taking Ja Rule's style. I declowned him about it. He took his style. <laughs> but you know, wait, hold on. Before... Them, I mean, that was enough going on that they were comparing <laughs> rapping to that. But before and that's before really you know. where the, the, the booze and stuff came from. Hold on. Perry, now, when you talking about famous. One famous thing from uh, Baltimore where he had a rap battle <laughs> against some kid and lost, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I guess he would. You, you know what? You've been out of Baltimore too long, so I can't get you to do it. I want you to say two. I want to hear you say Avenue and two. Whatever, man. Ain't nobody saying it. I don't, I don't speak that improperly. No, you don't. You've been gone too long. No, I wasn't doing it then. <laughs> I believe. I wasn't doing it then. Well... As far as Cody Rhodes go, Perry says, hell no. Uh, who else do you have that tru- that is truly legit in a convincing face? Outside of Cena, who let's take Cena off the table. Who do you have? I don't think anybody. The only one and, getting the pops is Seth Rollins at, at, and, at an immense level. And yes, they are riding this as well as they should. <laughs> this is my favorite. Yeah. We got we to gotta start this one. This is common in the night. <laughs> 
You, you can't <laughs> shut down. No, no, no. Say it right. Say it right. Shush. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Seth is a heel. Seth is a heel. And in all caps, Seth is not a face, Don. Uh, Nowhere near a face. I know the difference. And he's not even Stone Cold. He's not even a middle. He's not even a tweener. Nobody's named one yet. I'm sorry. I don't see a name up here that is legitimately wrestling right now that is the number one face in the WWE. I'm sorry. Hence, hence my question to you. Why make him number two? I said he's Stone Cold S. But I would not. He's not Stone Cold S, though. He's catching the pops. Yeah, he's catching the pops, but he's not tweening. Okay. Y'all, y'all mm. can say uh, whatever you want. I'm just mm. saying, that's just like James said earlier, in my opinion. So, <laughs> in my opinion, in the words of uh, another famous wrestler, y'all kiss my ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is what I miss. Yeah, see, see, just like, just like, just like before, you got so he, nobody's li- nobody's taking his opinion. So now he all but her. He was correct. <laughs> your, your opinion was correct in your opinion. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I can't let him take. I'll let y'all be quiet about it. But no, you, oh my gosh, what happened? But look, I, I can't let you take the brunt of it because I think. Cody is number one. He's the number one face in the company. But yes, definitely. I'll give you that. But when it comes to Seth Rollins, I don't think Seth's a heel or a face. I don't think he's tween. I think it's just Seth freaking Rollins. And but he has such a appeal and he has such a following that you know you're going to get popped for Seth Rollins. I mean, come on now. The Undertaker has been a heel several times in his career, but you still got popped for the Undertaker, especially during the Ministry of Darkness days. You got hella pop for heels man so i mean at some point the heel transcends in my opinion from the the normal definition of the word heel to be in in that neutral space like the undertaker or stone cold or somebody else i'm not saying that seth rollins is uh ricky the dragon steamboat face <laughs> but i'm saying in the grand scheme of how many bad guys that they have at, on raw or on smackdown he's more faceish then he is heelish because if you put him and uh, KO together in the same shot, which one's a good guy? Who, if they have both, they're they're both heels. And they're both heels, and they established that last Monday. That'll mean KO is KO. KO's going to be a heel. Just like I talk about him all the time because he's one of the, the old school true heels. Uh, Baron Corbin, he's just riding a wave. He stays in his lane. And that's what he's going to do. You don't see Jim Mahal running around like, I'm going to be a good guy this week. You know? One thing about uh, Baron Corbin, we talked about this a long time ago. Remember, I had that whole, I was about six months where I couldn't stand Baron Corbin, but I actually deep down loved him because he did his job that well that I couldn't stand his ass. That's the job. That's the job. That's when you, when you get to the point where you can't stand the sight of this, mm-hmm, job well done. Is that is that the, the inflection that you get from Seth? No, because I want to see Seth. Emotion out of you. I want. So I, I, see, I'm a Seth Rollins fan. And it's, 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 he's he's know, he's, he's, he's entertaining to me. He's entertaining to me. He's I mean he's entertaining to me, but he's still a heel. I like heels. 
I I love, I like I've always liked heels. I, my, my, the whole time I from the very first from the very first time I started watching wrestling, I have liked heels. I've never liked baby faces. Damn, is that bad, Perry? But see, guess what? He did his job. He did his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I can say about Corbin. He does. But you turned the channel. Why? Because of exactly what he's but, doing. He stayed in his lane. But and no, he said it's boredom. Down. It's That's not hate. Want. It's boredom. Barrett Perry is bored by the whole damn show. So you can't just pin that on Baron Corbin. <laughs> Let's call it spade a spade on that one. You know, oh, I'm just bored by Baron Corbin. You didn't even want to watch mm-hmm. WrestleMania. And Corbin wasn't even on the damn show. So let's not. <laughs> Corbin did his job. Hey, he'll, he'll, watch, w, he'll watch WWE more when WWE buys out GW, GCW. So. And he agrees <laughs> with it. <laughs> I think they're. He agrees on the fact that he doesn't like WWE. No, he doesn't, he, he doesn't. Agree he doesn't like WWE. But, but like I said, there, there is a rumor going around that WWE is looking to buy GCW off of the um, fight uh, the, the uh, Josh Barnett. Um, 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 uh, what is it? The fight fight club type thing? The thing yeah. that they got? So they... they um, so yeah, because that was that because that is what they tried to do with Raw Underground. That was what they wanted Raw Underground to be. It shouldn't I mean, have been on Raw. That's the problem. Yeah, that should have been a network exclusive show or event airing exclusively on the network, and you do snippets from it, uh, cut in uh, cut ins in between, uh, you know, um, the the matches and stuff like that. That way, well, they lost. They, they lost me. They lost me when they fucking had uh, Cap, uh, Cap Sergeant Aziz or whatever his name is I'll grabbing somebody, that. grabbing some, grabbing somebody's balls that's like a foot shorter than him and two hundred pounds lighter than he is. <laughs> they lost yeah, me yeah. on that. When, when Shayna Baszler came in a wreck shop, when all the dudes on the show, like I mean, I'm with you, Shayna, but God dang, this was small dudes. You beating everybody. Yeah, I got I got her beating everybody. But she could for real. Yeah. Not not all. She could for real. Yeah. Most 80% of them. 80% of them. She punked down Baba Tunde? Really? Yeah, yeah. I I, I believe that. I that's a, that's for a shoot. Hey, have you seen her? Have you seen her now? Have you yeah. seen her wrestling now? Yeah. In um AEW and whatnot. The problem and all that stuff, yeah. Shout out to Marina. This Shafir. is the this is the true Marina Shafir, okay? This is the MMA fighter Marina Shafir, and I hate the fact that they got her damn job into these folks, especially job in the fucking um Jay Cargill. She shouldn't have been in that match. <clears throat> she shouldn't have been in that match. She, she should not have been in that match. She not if she gonna job like that. that. Not like that. Not if they gonna job her out like that. Just like I don't like the I don't like what they doing with uh old boy now. Uh, what's the name? Uh, Drew Gulak. Yeah. They punking him out for real. Well, Who the hit this song? There's some foundation for a storyline there for something. I would I hope so. It's going. But I, I would hope so because they got to pay that dude for something for that. I'm sorry. That's that's, that's just quick. To the two women in one week. Not saying it couldn't happen. But I'm just saying, for real. For Ronda real. maybe, and Ronda didn't really do nothing to him. Yeah. But Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte, yeah. 
Charlotte? Well, Charlotte? Uh, <laughs> Perry says outside of the bloodline and Cody, the show's a mid, and he's not buying the rumors. She's a little too lean now. Just saying. A little too lean. Maybe when she had a few more CCs of saline, then, you know, maybe I would have given it to her. Because the figure eight had a little bit more weight on the back end. But all I know is Andrade need to go ahead and stand up in it. <laughs> when they get married, by the way, everybody got married. Even Tazawin got married uh, this week. When the heck is he marrying Charlotte? You better stop playing around. Rick Flair well, trying to get that triple A money. Alexa Bliss is off the market, so I guess yeah, I can't say too much about her anymore. Everybody, everybody trying to not. But we talked about uh, Kaobi and his popping circumstance, which is funny that they said, look, man, we're not going to keep raising you up through this little thing. You just walk out like everybody else. Um, but you got something that's going on, or you want to talk about something that's going on tonight? That's uh, We gave it enough time, so hopefully they've had quite a few more matches in, so that way you had – more to uh illuminate us on james well they've got they've got they've gone through a few a good a, a, a decent amount of it i mean uh you've had the the uh, show actually started the pre-show started at 7 30. <clears throat> they were supposed to have uh the match between jonathan gresham and eddie edwards uh jonathan gresham being the now the true ring of honor world heavyweight champion beating um Bandito, so um, in in um, at the um, Supercard of Honor, but uh, Gresham ended up getting hurt somehow and was not cleared medically for this show, so they wound up moving one of the pre-shows and had Eddie Edwards going up against Chris Bay, and uh, he wound up beating Chris Bay, and then they had the Knockouts Tag Team Championships with the Influence, uh, wound up beating the Inspiration in their rematch. So that was the pre-show. Then they went into the um, <clears throat> the main card, which started off with Chris Saban. Um, hold on, yeah, Chris Saban, Jay White, and Steve Macklin in a triple threat match, and uh, Macklin wound up winning that match. They, you had uh, next match was uh, Taya Valkyrie, who uh, is making her return after a year being in the WWE and uh, went up against Deanna Perrazzo for her AAA Reina de Reina's championship, of which Taya Valkyrie ended up winning. So she's the new champion. And I'm sure she'll be taking that back to Mexico because they're getting ready to have the AAA, the first of the three AAA match uh, cards that they're going to have. Uh, that should be on the 30th, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'll, be, I'll catch you up on that next well, Y'all up on that next week. Um, the um the spot her and your girl Athena did. I'm not sure where it was, but that uh, stack chair spot. Yes, I did see that match. That was that was something else. <laughs> that was something else entirely. So yeah. Um, what, what? I'm 40 years old. I'm 40 years old, and I well, told you a long time ago. I said I wanted to be 70 and still be able to take a bump like Ric Flair. Damn it, I want to be 40 and take a bump like they did. Through that, through, oh my God, that was a spot. If you didn't get amped up for that, I think you need to check your goddamn pulse. Yep. I had to watch that three times, and I I, I had to I dropped the phone the first time. I was like, God damn. Whew. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. He took that clean, too. <sighs> well, actually, if we talk about spots, shoot. You talked about it earlier. Shout out to Marina Shafir for taking a got that going choke slam, a stiff choke slam on the table that her head bounced. I thought she was about to go to concussion protocol on Rampage. Uh, I don't know if you guys paid attention to that, but her head just went right down straight up like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was nasty. And the table that was break. nasty. But, uh, yeah. There was just no give in that one. But go ahead. I'm sorry. So then uh, the next match was uh, before the X Division Championship. Uh, Trey McGill, the champion, went up against Speedball Mike Bailey and Austin and uh, Ace Austin. And um, for those of you who remember us, me and Perry talking about Speedball Mike Bailey before uh, before WrestleMania, uh, during WrestleMania weekend. This man. And I don't, and I'm sure there were other wrestlers that did something similar. But this man was in nine matches in three days. Mm-hmm. And these weren't just any regular matches. I mean, he went up against some stiff competition. And these weren't short matches either. These were like at least 20 minutes each these matches. These weren't short matches at all. So, and he's still going. He hasn't taken a break. He hasn't stopped. So, I mean, kudos to him for, you know, still being able to stand <laughs> after WrestleMania weekend because, you, you know, I, I get... Uh, uh, that uh, somebody had taken a picture and it said, you wonder what Speedball is doing. He's in uh, one of the ballrooms, just laid out like a crucifix sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard about that. He actually went. Before, I, I don't know if it was before or after a, 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 a show, but he was in the day. He was in the damn ring, asleep, passed out. Yep. And getting ready for a next fight because I know he had, he had, he had, he had, he had matches. I think. I want to say he wrestled Minoru Suzuki and then turned around and wrestled uh, somebody else crazy. I can't remember who it was, though. But to follow any match after the Minoru Suzuki is <coughs> crazy yeah. in itself. You know what I'm saying? And that was a main event. So, yeah, so uh, kudos to Speedball Mike, Mike Bailey. I know he was out of, he was out of the United States for a long time, and he's trying to catch back up, you know, uh, trying to get reestablished in the United States. So kudos to him. And the fact that he's – and another thing, the fact that he's engaged to Beta Scott is another achievement in itself. So um, hey, he had – he, he had this – you know, he had this. Hard. He had this match. He had this match against uh, Ace Austin and Trey Miguel for the uh, X Division Championship, and Ace Austin wound up pinning Trey Miguel. So we have a new X Division champion. Now, um, the next match after that was the um, which the show started. So I wasn't really able to keep up with that too much. I'm sure Perry can help us out with the rest of the matches uh, up to the, up to this point. Uh, Jonah versus Tomohiro Ishii, which I'm sure was a hard hitting match. It was the first time for them uh, getting in the ring together. Uh, I missed out on um, who won that match, 
But um, then that led to the eight-team eight elimination match for the uh, Impact Tag Team Championships. And I wound up missing that because I was in the midst of talking to y'all. So, um, like I said, Perry will probably be able to help us out with those th- with those uh, matches. And right now you have the um, Knockouts Championship with Tasha Steele defending against Rosemary. That match is still going on right now. So, um, yeah, you uh, it's been a pretty good night so far. Okay, Ishii beat Jonah. Okay. And violence, violent, violent by design, which is um, uh, the chick were the champions. They wound up retaining. So okay, very good. All right. So um, once this uh, match ends, I'll be able to let you know what's going on with that match, and um, with uh, Tasha Steeles and Rosemary, and we can continue on. The uh, main event is going to be Josh Alexander versus Moose for the Impact World Championship. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, uh, I think that's I think that's gonna be the I think that's the last match because it's yeah, it's going on this this uh quarter right now it's almost a quarter to t- uh, quarter after eleven. So that should this should be the the semifinal. So okay. All right. Well, appreciate that update. Uh so Sumo, we actually gonna be wrapping this up. Uh, very soon. We're just going to be talking about uh, something interesting, taking it back to Mania, and that's uh, the results of WrestleMania is where we're going to wrap everything up with tonight. Uh, and I guess uh, Vincent Kennedy and uh, uh, Mr. Khan over there will consider this stupendous results because uh, we're going to compare what Mania did in two nights. I uh, just want to make sure that we're, we're pointing out two nights versus arguably the biggest sports event of the year being the Super Bowl. Uh, so in reference to social media impressions, the WWE had 2.2 billion impressions versus the 1.8 billion for the Super Bowl. For video views on YouTubes and wherever else that they're streaming and however they were getting it, uh, WrestleMania had 1.1 billion versus the 618 million video views um for uh engagements that's you know just how many times something uh mania or super bowl related was clicked uh it's 87 million for wrestlemania versus 78 million for the super bowl and the last one um for video watching time uh in hours of whatever period that's the combination of live as well as uh what was you know Tweeted, uh, I'll say tweeted, tweeted, or uh, what do you call it? Uh, Snapchat, all that stuff, um, Instagram, uh, etc. The WWE had 13.1 million uh, video time that people have watched versus the Super Bowl's 3.56 million. So clearly, two two days of WrestleMania. Outdid the Super Bowl. I'm calling shenanigans. What? Here's the. I agree with you, James. Everything up with. I'm calling shenanigans. Here's the conversation. I'm not gonna call shenanigans, but I'm gonna take it back to our show before Mania. Because imagine if the Super Bowl 
had Brady playing, Jerry Rice receiving, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, more Super Bowl uh, and MVP and, and Hall of Fame members sprinkled all throughout the show. We're not talking about halftime. We're just talking about the, the main the main event, the, the main game. If they had more star power from, you know, the past, would that have even the odds? Because we had Stone Cold and damn everything else that WWE could throw at it, making it two days and this and that to get that stupendous level to which arguably some things like, eh, could have been better. Eh, could have been one show. The rest of it could have been done on a Monday night after and a Friday night after, you know, could two nights have been overkill? Possibly. But my question to you guys is, was it an unfair fight? Because all that extra star power, even Vincent Kennedy getting in the ring uh, versus just two sports teams. I'm calling bullshit on the whole thing because here's the thing. I find it interesting that WWE used the metrics of social media rather than the metrics of actual ratings. Well, I wonder, can you count it as, would it still be even playing field concern that you're talking a streaming service in Peacock? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I because I mean the the First thing about the, the ratings that they've already Super Bowl they they are they always are talking about demographics. They're always talking about the ratings. They're always talking about how many people are actually watching. Uh, how many people as far as and Tasha Steele's just won, so she retained her belt. Now. Um, they're always talking about the demographics as far as, you know, 18 to 49 and all that crap. Where are those numbers? You know what I'm saying? Like before the before WrestleMania, my what I said, my true gauge you know, was wasn't against the Super Bowl. Right. My true gauge was WrestleMania night one versus the NCAA. Final four game, Carolina versus Duke. Same night. Right. Same time. Who would have won? And I was looking for numbers to make the comparisons between those two rather than the Super Bowl. Right now, I mean, that's apples and oranges, really. You know, as far as I'm concerned. Now, well, I do have the numbers. Because, you know, Vince and... NFL have always had that that time of the year beat, for lack of a better term. That's his number one competition. He always tries to laser thick to beat the NFL, which Even makes my right which makes my comparison more impelling, compelling right. because a they were on the same night, right, going up against each other at the same time. So check this out, okay. Saturdays and I'm and I'm and I'm reading. From Sports Media Watch website, Saturday's North Carolina versus Duke NCAA men's basketball national semifinal averaged an 8.6 rating mm. and 17.66 million viewers across 
TBS, TNT, and True TV. Okay? All right. Uh, even the even the uh, Carolina versus Oregon. Oh, see, excuse me. I'm sorry. That's um that was that, they were compared it to another year. Okay, uh, let me go. Let me find the other the other uh gra- the other demographic, the one that they always talking about. Okay. It also averaged more viewers than the previous weekend's Academy Awards on ABC in viewership. 17.7 versus 16.6 million and swept the Oscars in the key adult demographic of adults 18 to 45, 4.8 versus 3.8, 18 to 34, 3.5 to 2.9, and 25 to 54, 6.0 to 4.6. So the 18 to 49 demographic, they got an 8.4, a 4.8 rating. Now, these are some high numbers. Yes, they are. These are very high numbers. Now, do you think the WWE saw this and said, hmm, I don't know if we need to be making putting out actual viewer numbers in comparison to that game, which was on the same night as night one, because it might make us look bad. Not only that, but they're in also direct competition with all of the content that was happening at the same time. And this Ring of Honor situation with AEW was also a little bit troubling for them, in my opinion, as well, because that put a different level of microscope and and uh, attention to what was happening happening at WrestleCon, right? So so yeah, I wouldn't put that out either because I think the days of WrestleMania being the only thing in town, and there's no disrespect to WrestleCon and all the other stuff, but we knew at one point WrestleMania just was that city. Period. Everybody can have a little something, but WrestleMania was that city. But now all these events are becoming big enough to distract and take people away. So if they're not bringing it, then, you know, we've got an issue here, Houston. And exactly. if we're going next year, that's going to be uh, very interesting if uh, Dwayne has a prior engagement. And, and 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 Los Angeles is a is a nice little stronghold for GCW. They have yeah. a following in G, in Los Angeles. So and, that, and the and the collect and the collective will make money and bring numbers if they don't buy it, like you said. Because if they do that, then they'll have their impression in that, and that could be another reason why they may, may be looking at it is because hey, if we can get our impression in there. Then we could take some of the um, uh, the, the the stress away from or the distraction, and we can use NXT talent. We could use some of the talent that's not be going to be on Mania. Put them on those shows, and there we go. So I just thought that was interesting, and I just wanted to bring it out when I saw that. I was like, man, you know, they they're really uh, trying to tout that they crushed the Super Bowl, but like you said, what's the real numbers? How does it yeah, really real numbers? Can, can I say something? 
And KG, I'm gonna let you close out the show with this. Your boy, and I think you should have beef. You said earlier you didn't have beef in uh, our text chain, but you should have beef because your boy Tony Khan is slowly but surely building Worlds Collide, and you ain't getting no check for it. They just announced uh, their crossover event with New Japan that's going to be coming up. So basically, June, June 26th. Yep. So June 26th in the United Center in Chicago. So well, we've got three, three members of the Bullet Club, Clean, already announced to be in it. Plus, we've got Ring of Honor sprinkled all throughout Dynamite and, and, and um, Rampage. So we're going to be seeing that happening. So that could open up the door for more opportunity. We had... Um, and you got Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo still has the Ring of Honor Championship, so that's impact yeah. as well. So that, that, there's a lot going on that the, these layers of this cake is getting thicker and thicker to where if we're leaving the WWE element out, they're bringing larger elements in. Your pay-per-view is happening, and you ain't getting no check. We're just leaving out Vince. Well, if What's in order for that to happen, we need New Japan – AEW, okay, hold on. New Japan, AEW, GCW, Impact, WWE. We need everybody to happen. And it, it could be almost like a night of champions. Now, that could be a two-night event. You need AAA. You need everybody to come together. Your top stars come together and put this show on for the wrestling community. Like, I fleshed this thing out, who could wrestle who and how to, how to get it done. I, now, for the record, though, I will say, just being fair to WWE, uh, there's heavily rumored that they are putting feelers out to see what the thought is for them to get involved in something like that. So, in essence, could we have maybe in the next, well, if they were smart, they would do it sooner than later because we would have that Marvel versus DC thing so they can get a taste of MJF before his contract uh, expires and they really start talking money. They, they can see him up close. You know, they can, Jericho is, we'll call him neutral. He's, he's forced neutral. Oh, this isn't this is Vince steering this. Pair. No, but he said, he, he, he said the truth. Vince does not care about the wrestling community. Not this, one he bit. He coming from uh, the con is what is heavily rumored. So, if Nick Khan is saying, hey, this could be a big cash cow, we need to kind of start putting the word out and checking and seeing what people think in the industry. And, you know, I, obviously, if he says it, Vince pretty much is going to do it uh, to some extent, you know, because they've got enough talent to send somebody over. They had enough talent that the rub would go both ways, you know, concerning that, I think it's funny, AEW, the undisputed elite, I still haven't seen what hand signals they they thrown up yet for that one. <laughs> they haven't done that. Haven't done that yet. But guess but, what? I mean, you know, there's so much crossover potential in the brands. Think think uh, about this. Think about this. Yeah. What you could do to hype this up, kind of like an invasion angle that you should have had in 2001, where you don't know they're coming. AEW just shows up to WWE TV. Vince, re recreate history. You could. You have the chance to. Just call it the Scott Hall shot. But then on top of that, AEW think everything cool. They puffing their chest out. And all of a sudden, the whole entire WWE roster show up and beat the shit out of everybody. Then a week later, 
AEW get impact and they show up and beat the shit out of everybody. And it's just like you kind of forming sides, you kind of forming alliances with everybody. Then all of a sudden, it's like a powder keg just need a spark. And that spark comes and boom, you got money. And Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, all of the, the leaders of every you know wrestling organization sitting there like, how much money you got? Oh, let me put a little bit more money in your pocket. We bought even what y'all got. What you got, six million? Oh, no, we're going to need a little bit more than six million a night. Let's try to make it 10 million a night. And they just sitting there just counting money. Johnny Tapia, your fucking mother, you know, just counting money, man. What That's the way it's supposed to be, but it's going to be something that the fans in? love. What city and what what stadium would you host it in? Madison Square Garden. Is that big enough? That's too small. Well, I mean, unless but you want to do it at it, that level, I mean, we talking they should be packing in at least a hundred, a hundred k on that. Okay, if if that if that's the case, you want to go bigger. You want to do it indoor bigger, because hell, you can go outdoor. And do it big at the, at the L.A. Coliseum. You could fit 110,000 in the L.A. Coliseum, period. But then when you start adding in floor seats and everything, that's easily 125,000, 130,000. Right. But you can do it at AT&T AT Stadium and fit 100,000 in it. And that's indoor with a retractable roof. Right. I mean, it's the biggest toilet bowl in America. And I still have the desire to go take a huge shit on that star in the middle of the, in the, middle of the stadium. But for wrestling purposes, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. And there it is. I mean, I say Madison Square Garden because that's where magic happens in wrestling. Wrestling, boxing, and basketball. That's where magic happens is Madison Square Garden. Now, I'm, with, I'm with you on that as being the, the iconic pr pinnacle. But I would just say the event would just be bigger than the garden. No disrespect to MSG. But, you know, when you're talking about the gate and dividing it by five to six different companies, you know, you want as much as you can pack in before but, um merchandise but no no even before that you secured the tv rights because everybody's going to want a piece of that you don't make that a peacock exclusive you oh, make fox that, will pay for that fox will pay no for no that no guarantee. fox uh, uh uh comcast which is nbc universal usa you get them um and that's also oh. including the peacock you get fight tv you get everybody and anybody tries to pirate this shit you shut it down because it's going to cost money. You need streams. You need revenue. You show it live on Facebook. You make Facebook pay for it. You make Instagram pay for it. You make people pay to show this event. And the money is going to roll in. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you the money have, is going to uh, roll in. Show up to fight a first shot in WWE. So from AEW to WWE, who would come in and fight a first shot? Well, I don't think WWE off. would be involved in it at all. But we're, we're, we're fantasizing at this point, but truthfully, yeah, but, but, but I was about to say, but as far as fantasy booking is concerned, I know my guy. fire the first fire the first salvo, send in John Moxley mm, that'd be a good one. with the with the GCW championship and have him jump. Roman Reigns. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I was thinking uh, first, well, no, I'll probably send them both at the same time. Uh, since it's, if this was going to happen sooner than later, because he hasn't been seen in quite some time, the person I would have walk in 
uh, to the arena or through the crowd would be Kenny Omega. And beside him with the microphone or to take the microphone from Kenny when he snatches it would be Jim Ross. And let Jim Ross cut the promo. Because that, that to me, that would dig really deep as the voice of what? Probably 80% of their current viewership's life in wrestling in the WWE. The voice of the generation. Talking crap. <laughs> and he's got Kenny. But, now, see, but, but see, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Like you said, I would have him come in like Scott Hall. Moxley comes through the crowd. He's got GCW gear on. Everybody knows he's AEW, but he's a GCW champion. So he's got an AEW shirt on with the GCW belt. He comes in, he jumps, he jumps Roman Reigns, doesn't say a word, just jumps him and leaves. Then maybe next the next week, you have Kenny Omega come through with um Jim Ross. So that'd be on a Monday. But then eventually, you like everybody's like, well, how are they getting in? How are they? How are they? What, what's going on? What's how's everybody coming in? I'm injecting poison. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you and everybody and and it, it, it comes out that it was Cody all along. Oh snap! Snap! I got to sit back on that one. Almost turn invisible. Snap. That's Cody, was, Cody was the catalyst. The Trojan horse. The Trojan horse, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. KG, we'd already thrown some out there. You have anybody else that you would think will be a good invasion person? Because I... we've invaded Raw and SmackDown. Who's going to invade NXT? Because you can't leave them behind. Well, somebody's got to roll down there and beat a it's, it's easy. It's easy. I already got them, but I'm going to let you tell it. It's easy. Somebody's got to roll it's down a, there. It's a, soft, it's a softball. Oh, man. Now that you say that, you done put the goddamn pressure on me. <clears throat> no, I'm just joking. But, uh, I, I, who you got, James? FTR. Mm. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. FTR comes back to NXT. Mm-hmm. My thing was yeah. having Jericho do it. With you know, oh, nah, Jericho, nah, uh, nah, nah, nah. I mean, we'll we'll save we'll save Jericho. We save Jericho for almost last. Yeah, because he's gonna put the butts in the seats. He's gonna cut the program. Jericho is gonna end up putting the butts in the seats. Plus, with everything going on, then everybody's gonna be like, well, you know. Hey, so, so who's leading this? Who's leading this thing? You know, who's 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 the guy? Who's the guy? That, I mean, you had Cody. Who's who's the one to send Cody over here? You know, how, who, who's the one to send? Who's the one to send FT? Who knew to send FTR to NXT? Who's the one that who got you? Who got Kenny Omega and Jim Ross to come in here? Who who has those connections? Hmm. Make that Jericho. Wait, but it was me. It was me all along. <laughs> think about this. Wait, and 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 then we got we, we can get out of here. But think about Roger, this. Uh, nah, Jericho doesn't have to wrestle. He just needs yeah, he to, don't have to wrestle. He's just a mouthpiece. He needs to show up. 
Jericho is he just needs to show the promo out. He gets out promo everybody. I think I'd say Roman is the only person right now that could match him at this point. Hold on, just because of how over Roman is. Think about this: you got the biggest toilet bowl in America got one hundred fifty thousand people in it. Live, hundred fifty thousand paid participants in here. Can you imagine? And I'm just saying, hundred fifty. I don't think it probably could be hundred fifty, but imagine hundred fifty thousand people when that beat drops. I be calm, I be calm, I be calm, man. And you hear hundred fifty thousand people singing Judas. Oh my God, that's the night right there. That's worth the price of admission just to hear that. They oh, they yeah. cut the music and they keep singing the entire song. Oh my God! That is still the, in my opinion, the the dream. I know it's got to be the dream of everybody in AEW to get to that point where they're doing that much at the gate. So uh, yeah, that's a good point too. It could be. Uh, oh, shit, that was me. I'm sorry. My bad. The name on the <laughs> the name on the signature to let them in the building did, did say McMahon. <laughs> that, that hey Raj, that's a damn good idea right there. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. So, See, this stuff right to sell. Because you started to get worked up. This is one of those times when we just got to let the people stew in that one. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we served them the plate of awesomeness right there. I don't, if we could talk about that all night. But here's the thing, though. You were talking about, we're going to go back a little bit. You were talking about KG getting his check for the Super Show. Where's my check? What, what, what do you check for? Where's my check? For what? With refreshers. Unif- unifying the titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that is another Unify- unifying the titles. Yeah. They, unif- yeah. they unified the Universal and WWE Championship, and now they're doing it with the wrong and SmackDown tag titles. Yeah. Yep. We're going where's back to one championship. My, where's my check? I've been yeah. saying this for what? Two years? Yeah. Because you've been saying it's too many belts, it's too many belts, it's too many belts. I'm like, James, it's not enough belts. Bring back the TV title. Bring back the six-man championship. It's not enough belts. And then, and then I read an article the other day talking about how, you know, Roman Reigns missed two weeks of, of television. You know, like I said, you don't have to have your champion be on television every week. I mean, it helps. You don't have to, though. Look, I mean, he was off. He was off television for two weeks, and he was missed. Yeah, but now think about and that. Then he, little comes, he comes back. He, then he came back. He comes back, and he's not doing anything. But think he's about just that. making appearances. He's not even. He's not doing anything. Think about that little kid that wants to see Roman Reigns wrestle, and he tunes in every week before he goes to bed on Friday nights, and you never see Roman Reigns wrestle. You start to hate that wrestler. Believe me, I did it with Hogan in the 80s because I never got to see Hogan. Maybe a Saturday night main event here and there. You know, pay-per-views, of course. I I barely got to see him on Superstars. Maybe once or twice I can think I remember seeing him. Outside of that, I don't remember seeing Hogan. But when he shows up, you pay to see him. Yeah. But the thing is, that's the problem. I had to pay to see him. Exactly. I was, I was that's the, seven that's, years old. That's, that's your that's your money though. That's your yeah. money. As an adult, you're, you're I tuning in. That. 
You're tuning in every week to see if he shows up, if he comes on, if he just makes a pro, cuts a promo. You're but, looking for him. You know, you, you can't you know miss anybody if they don't go away. You okay. do not. Roman Reigns is your new attraction. Okay. Roman Reigns, now that Brock Lesnar's gone. Not if Brock Lesnar's gone, Roman Reigns is your new attraction. He is your main champion on your show, on your programming. He does not have to be on television every week. But because guess what? He will... Go ahead. Guess what? guess what? For sure. He may not have to be on TV every week, and I get what you're saying about got to go away to, to be missed. But you know what that also does? That gives me an opportunity to – love somebody else and no longer love you as a champion because when not being able to see hogan during that time i was hey man i want to see papa shango every week and papa shango at the first off the the rip he didn't really wrestle like that he was just making dudes throw up in the middle of the ring and i was good with that i didn't hogan who i don't care about hogan damn hogan well you're making my point it made me. It made me want to go to somebody else. He was no longer my favorite wrestler. Just like you're making my point. Your, my point. My whole point of me saying that was, you put the title on one person. You make you keep them off the television. And what do you have to do? You have to build other belts. You have to build the United States Championship. You have to build the Intercontinental Championship. You have to show the women. With the tag team titles, with the with the women's championship, I get it. You unify it. the women's championship in the same way you did with uh, Roman Reigns, and you do the same thing. You're building up the titles that need to be built up. You make the Intercontinental Championship the main title on SmackDown. You make the United States Championship the main title on Raw, and during these pay per views, during these special, during special. Um, the anniversary shows or whatever, the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton or whatever, then you bring out your champion and have him wrestle. Make it significant. Make that championship worth something. Because right now, the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship don't mean shit. I you make those titles, you make those titles mean something. You make you put butts in the seats by making those that title go away. And bringing it back when it means something, I get it. I get it. You, you were making my point. Okay, you were making my th- whole point. That right there is absolutely perfect. I mean, you explained it like that. I get it. Now, in 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 in, in line with that, make the the, the intercontinental and the, and the U.S. title mean what it used to mean. Where the number one contender, the next one to take over the mantle of the heavyweight championship, the universal championship, holds those titles. Make that mean something again. You can't see the t- you can't see the champion unless you have the number one headband. You ever watch some, you ever watch Afro Samurai? Mm-hmm. You cannot have the you can't see the grand champion unless you have the number one headband. That was the whole premise behind the Afro Samurai. He he was going after the person who held the number one headband. That was the only way he could get to the the main the champion. That's the only way you get to see the champion is if you have one of those two belts. Right. And make it like that again because guys are coming in like, mark my words, before the end, what is this? We're in April. Before the end of June, Cody will have a champion, a title cha- a title shot. And I don't mean U.S. title or 24-7 or Intercontinental. 
They're gonna my, have to build him up to that, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, he will. He will. He will, right. he will eventually go go against Roman Reigns at some point. And that's it. Won't be SummerSlam. It won't be SummerSlam. It might be Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm hoping that you guys are at least um, in agreement that they are doing a great job on or with Roman right now, because even though Roman is heavily stationed on SmackDown, and that's where you see him as the champion. You're getting the Roman Reigns impression when the Usos go to Raw. So they're carrying over the storyline. But as you were saying, James, Roman isn't bouncing back and forth all over the place, cutting promos and doing this. When the Roman needs to go to Raw, then you see Roman on Raw. And that right. makes his presence more ominous because now we've got Roman walking in. And then you can have those pass by interactions between Roman Reigns and uh cody rhodes you know you can have plus when he when he awkward looks between roman and seth plus when he won the championship did you notice something did you notice that he went for when 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 um Heyman had both of the belts oh yeah he took his he grabbed he took his he took the smackdown belt and what did he do with the other one that was his belt. He he's got he got um he's got he, he picks it up every now and again, but he's got Heyman holding he's got Heyman holding the other belt. He gave It's not that it's not right. He gave he it's not that it's not significant to him. It's just that the universal belt is his belt. The new the new championship is gonna be called the unified universal championship. They, t- they take him off of TV. They don't put him on Raw. What do they do? They send the Usos to Raw. And they put the emphasis on the tag team championships and the champions, their tag team championships being unified. Take Roman out of the picture. He's an attraction. Make, bring him in when he's needed. But the, the only issue that we have, though, is that the attraction has destroyed every other attraction that's the only problem with this that i, I foresee well, you only need one you only need one the one that's heavily rumored is the one that's not going to be there long enough to continue it having the rock beat him and he went it right back in a 30-day period it still put roman in the cena effect because you know you just kept winning just kept winning just kept winning Nobody is believable to beat you. And you beat Brock now and you defied the belt. Who's believable to take it away from you? Have to build, you have to build somebody to make them believable, which that's, is that's the okay. WWE's job to do. They've got to move it quick or otherwise he's going to have the longest reigning championship uh, experience of all time. So, I mean, somebody's got to come up that's got to be believable. And right now they're trying to eventually hang that hat on Cody. Uh, but beyond that, out of the homegrown talent, uh, there really isn't anybody that he hasn't squashed. Besides a returning, if they want to spend that much money after he makes this horror movie, Bray Wyatt. Or I don't think Roman has ever beat the demon. That'd be the only two I could think of, because he's beat Seth. Hey, don't be surprised 
they make they may make it Austin Theory. I would be mad. He's not ready yet, in my opinion. No, he's, he's not, not ready him. yet. He's not right. ready yet. But remember, the last who was who was the last person that they gave that that they put in this position in Austin Theory's position that they put him with uh, we put him with McMahon. And they said, and the man called him the next thing. That was Drew. That was Drew. But Drew had to go away. He's got to make up for that. He's got to make up for that. So don't be surprised if you don't see Austin Theory going on this big, long run and eventually get to the point, whether he beats him or not, to where they make him comparable to Roman Reigns. I can see and put him in a position to where they can see they can they can make him believable as beating him. I can see it if they in my opinion, if I had to book it, I would have him take a little bit of Miz into it. Uh being that I would have him win the money in the bank, but do something different. He would cash in the money in the bank on the Intercontinental Championship. And then the reason why he did that is because that title needs to be as prestigious as what KG was saying, and I'm going to prove that taking this title is going to mean that I can go up to Roman and be number one contender whenever I feel like. I don't need a money in the bank for that because I'm the Intercontinental Champion. And he would have beaten everybody in succession up until that point to where it would be irrefutable for him to not be number one contender. But they're already starting that. Huh? They're already starting that, but they're already starting that by giving him the United States Championship. Remember, I know, but they're going to build up the United States title and the Intercontinental title to make them their top titles on those shows. But the Intercontinental is on Roman's show. So Theory wouldn't, right. Theory wouldn't have privy to it if the brands stay where they are. So he wins money in the bank, goes over there and takes that belt. Then now he's jumping back and forth between two shows because I'm that guy. I'm the McMahon guy that I can be over here holding it down and then I'm your champion for SmackDown. Then he steps to Roman. And then Vince is standing behind Theory. And then you have that, that presence that would rival the Roman Reigns experience, is what we'll call it. So then it kind of balances out. So that, that's how I would elevate him uh, in a roundabout way. Instead of him just winning a match, winning a match, and then talking trash. Because he can't out-talk Roman. And he's not going to outsell yeah. you. But if you right. put him in that path with the money in the bank to take their belt, then it becomes personal because you didn't came over to my show, took one of my belts that I could take whenever I feel like it, but I don't want it. And now you're talking trash. That's how I do it. If it happens that way, cut me another check. <laughs> we hope. But, uh, man, we found uh, a way to slide in over an hour and a half into this show. Good job. We did. <laughs> Imagine what happens when we actually watch stuff this upcoming week. <laughs> oh, man. And but don't forget, like, don't forget, Rod said he saw Hogan all the time at house shows, the old Capitol Center. I'm glad you got to see him because I damn sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bitter about it 30 some odd years later. It's okay, man. It's okay. Oh shit! You got your Papa Sean. We'll just start going yeah. and stuff now. Well, I, can I, I, I? Well, let me ask a 
question to close out the show. Just want to say something. I, I'm being dead serious. I'm being honest. I'm not even being funny. Uh, today would have been one of my uncle's uh, 72nd birthday. And I bring this up on a wrestling show because I was at his house the night that the Rock and Sock Connection won their tag titles the first time. And oh, I was yeah. trying my damnness not to wake him and my aunt up from screaming so loud when they won. So just uh, want to say happy birthday to my uncle, John Wesley Carroll. Don't call him Wesley and don't answer him what. Every day, man, I'm always going by something that he told me, something somehow, some way. So I still go up to Super Liquors down on Marlboro Pike and hope to walk in there, hope he's behind the counter. So. No, that's a that's a good full circle right there as we start the show talking about back in the day with Young Rock and uh, how people uh, influenced his life, uh, either, you know, via cinema uh, or history, depending on which way you want to look at the show. And then now we just uh, saw how you had somebody affect your life uh, in the same fashion and it's still all revolved around wrestling. So you can't ask for any better button on a the show than that so we're not even going to try to go beyond so uh beat the people's choice you know as always i'm gonna tell you to diversify your bonds kg well that's not my line that's james line i know it's not your line i'm giving you something if he says his line we're done well oh well thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) konnichiwa bitches (laughs) 